Now, tonight, I'd like to speak to you from the book of 2 Timothy. And if you will, just turn there. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach like uh, I would if I was teaching a Sunday school class or if I was teaching uh, to the group of ladies that come on Monday. Uh, we've been teaching a class here on Monday for those ladies in that rehab program. And uh, I'm just going to ask you to participate. If you have a question, if you have a comment, we'd like you to share with us here tonight. The Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul writing to his son in the Lord, and he said, Study to shew thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When I read that verse of scripture, there's a few things that stood out to me. And God put this in my heart. And I'd like to speak to you about being approved. Approved. And not one of us in this room has not sought for an approval. Whether we are struggling to be approved by fathers, mothers, siblings, friends, or just people in society in general, we all want to be approved. We all do. And we all go to great lengths to be approved. I know Jan and I, and, and uh, about 12 years ago, something like that, we were trying to get a loan for a house. And unbeknownst to us, there had been a legal action taken against us. A Walmart cart had run into somebody's car and they sued us and we didn't even know that they had gotten judgment. But to get the approval for that house loan, I had to take care of that legal action. Every, every day, people are being approved for house, for car, for credit cards, and for whatever else that goes on in our life. And so we do what is necessary to gain that approval. But I want to tell you tonight that the approval of your family, your friends, or our society in general is not the approval that you need to be seeking for, but rather you need to be seeking after the approval of God. That's, the, that's what really matters in your life. Does God approve of you? Does God sanction you and your life and what you are doing? It's God's approval that you should be concerned about because you're in trouble if God is not approving of your life. And that's the approval that you need to be making the efforts and going to all lengths to have is His approval in your life. Now, before I begin tonight, 
I want to ask a very pointed question, and somebody can answer if they want to. You don't have to and you, if you don't want to. But I want to ask this question. Where was your relationship with God at the beginning of the year 2022? Where was that relationship? Were you far distant? Were you close? Were you hungry? Brother Scotty, how about you? When 2022 started, where were you? Sometimes we can look at life and we can say, well, back there, I remember 2000, 2001, I went through a period of great discouragement and oppression, you see. So our life changes from time to time. And in 2022, in January, it seems like that Scotty was having some struggle with his physical. I can't remember for sure. Maybe it's even earlier than that. But now, here we are about four months later on. And when you see him on the stage Sunday morning, and he's all wound up, and he's all excited, and he's praying for the sick... Well, then you have to know that he's not in the same place that he was three, four, five months ago. And I want you to understand tonight that that is what God is wanting us to do. He doesn't want us to stay in the same position that we were in three days ago, five days ago, six months ago. But he wants to approve our life as we grow in him. And if we stay at the same place, God cannot put his stamp of approval on our life or on our work. God wants you to grow in him. So we can ask ourselves the question. I don't need to ask everybody, but everybody needs to ask yourself, where was I? In January of 2000, where am I now here in April? I know we're dreading uh, April 15th, but that's beside the point. We, we have got to grow in God from January till now. I want to be a better person now. What was your idea about the world? What was your feelings toward the lost in 2000, January 2000. And what are your feelings about the lost in our society today? Do you still feel exactly the same? No? I'm glad you said that. You, you see, your heart ought to be heavy. Your heart ought to be uh, carrying the burden for those that are lost that you know of. We know people who struggle from day to day to day to day. And we ought to be as concerned and more concerned today than we were in January of 2022. Are you weaker? Are you stronger? Are you more concerned, less concerned about your standing in God than you were in January? I want to tell you, I still pray, God, if I failed you today, forgive me. I don't want to fail him in anything on any given day. And so that's part of my prayer life. God, if I failed you, then you forgive me because I don't want to fail God. So are we weaker? Are we stronger? 
We should be stronger because God nourishes us through His Word and by His Spirit and by the ministry of those that we hear preach and sing. We ought to be stronger and we ought to be more concerned seeing the time is shorter. Even the devil knows his time is short. So if his time is short, then our time is short to work for God and to win the loss. Are we more concerned, less concerned? Have we let the cares of life come in and choke us to death? I mean, where is our concern about other Christians, about the sick, and, and about the society that we live in? I keep getting phone calls from people who want me to support politicians that support policemen. Well, I'm not going to support uh, uh politicians that I don't know and what they stand for and I'm not going to do that I'm going to support people that I know people that I know are living for God like missionaries and preachers I'm going to spend my energy and my finances and my prayer on people that I know is trying to serve God and doing something for God so have you improved as a Christian Roger have you improved from January to now Yes, sir, I like that answer. How about you, Sister Metza? You, you're stronger now, more concerned, more compassionate. I, I, think that's what, I think that's the answer that every last one of us should be giving tonight. Are we a better follower than we were? Or are we still hanging around the fringes just trying to get a little of the blessing of the Lord? Well... What was your relationship? And I'll tell you, my, my wife and I have had great relationship over the years. But I, I believe that it's more difficult right now because of my illness and because of the stress. It, it causes us to be anxious. You know, I don't know if anybody else... Ever, ever has anything like that. But what was your relationship with spouses, with your kids? Do, do you see their need more today than you did six months ago? You, you know, we sometimes think that we can be in a right relationship with God and never be in the right relationship with spouses or with kids. You know what's been one of my main concerns, and I, Drew says he's always being transparent. I, I've been worried for three years or a little better. I've been going through one thing right after another, sicknesses. And, and I told my, my wife one day, I just broke down and cried. And I said, I'm afraid that people are going to think that I'm just putting on, you know. I worry that Shelly and Drew and White and Penny and Farrell think, think Dad's just putting on for sympathy or whatever, you know. And, and, and I worry about that. But being transparent and telling the truth like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade one healthy day for all the sympathy that I could get from putting on an act of being sick, you see. So you can't be right with God if you're not right with family and with other Christians. Sometimes people can't get along with other people who are called by the same name. 
Fosters, fussing with fosters. Christians, fussing, fussing with Christians. I'm talking about being approved. Don't forget that thought. God wants to approve us, but what's your relationship with those who are in disagreement with you? You can't be in disagreement with the family of God. We have got to, we've got to come to the place where we work together, we can live together for the kingdom of God's sake. Has your relation deteriorated? Has it improved? Has it remained the same? There's only one right answer, and it's not deteriorated, and it's not being the same. Your answer should be, it is better. It's improved. My relationship with my wife, with my family, with my church family, with other people who are called Christians ought to be better today. I should have nothing evil to say about anybody. Well, I tell you what, you've grown when you can come to that place where you don't want to say anything evil about anybody. Amen. Deteriorate. When I thought about deterioration, you know, I have my own idea. I've got a board on my porch at the house, and it's deteriorating. I found out, I thought it was the water that was rotten in that board, and Drew told me the worst enemy of that wood is the sun. But it's deteriorated now where it's just falling apart. It's got to be replaced. If your relationship is deteriorated, then you've got to do something about that. And you can't do it yourself. You've got to let God do something in you so he can approve of that relationship. Has anybody got anything they want to say? Deterioration to make inferior in, in quality or value. To impair. We let things impair the quality of our relationship, not only with God, but with family and with Christians. To to be inferior in quality or value, to impair, to become impaired in quality, functioning, or condition. I tell you, I wish I could tell you I was in A1 condition. People ask me, how you doing today? Well, I want to say I'm doing 100, but I have to tell the truth. And it makes you feel bad telling the truth all the time when you, when you don't feel good, you know. But God wants you to grow. God wants you to mature in every area of your life. Spiritually, first, foremost. Physically and emotionally and financially. God wants you to be blessed. Second Timothy. Anybody got your Bible open? Read Second Timothy chapter, chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. Anybody who's got it can read it to me real quick. Yes. All scripture from Genesis to Revelation is God breathed. He breathed it into the spirit of man and man wrote it down. Now here's what God said that scripture is good for. It is given by the inspiration and it is profitable. 
It is profitable. The Word of God will never cause you to be in deficit of love, of mercy, of grace, of faith, or anything else that you can think of except maybe sin. (laughs) Amen? It is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is a set of guidelines that we have, that we follow, that we live by, that we can tell the world this is what we believe. Now, it is also good for reproof. Drew's always talking about how he's had to reprove Taylor, Peyton, and Carden. He didn't talk as much about him being reproved, but he was, and not nearly as much as maybe he needed to be. Even now, his mom still wants to thrash him once in a while. But sometimes Christians get out of step. Christians get a bad spirit and a bad attitude. God can't approve that. And so His Word will reprove us or mildly rebuke us and He will correct us. You did it this way, but this is the way I wanted it done. You said this, but this is what I spoke into your heart. You see, the Scripture is there for reproof. It is good for correction and for instruction in righteousness. Forget you trying to be righteous in God. You'll never succeed in being righteous in God in your own self. Your righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. No matter how good, no matter how great your intentions are, what you say, what you do, and all that you might accomplish is nothing but filthy rags in the eyes of God. That's what the scripture said. And so he gives us instruction in righteousness. In righteous, having the right standing in God. That, that's what I want. I want to stand in the right place at the right time in the presence of God. I want the right standing. I, stand, I want to stand before Him someday and hear Him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. But I'll not be there, Brother Robert, if I don't hear the Word of God and His instructions in righteousness. We, you know, we don't use the word holiness much anymore because everybody says holiness is legalistic. But, but I believe that holiness is just the nature of God. And he gives us instructions on how to be holy that the man of God, the woman of God, may be perfect. My. Have you ever known anybody who thought they were perfect? I have. They were arrogant about a lot of things, you know, but they weren't perfect. You know, the word perfect implies without flaw. (laughs) Do you know anybody who's without flaw? Nobody is without flaw. So what does it mean? That the man of God may be complete, may be mature. Yeah. You know, you can add a lot of things. You know, God wants you to quit being a baby. God wants you to get rid of the sucker that we have in our mouth. You know, Bo's got a little boy who runs around here, and I just love to 
to tease with him. And he's got that sucker in his mouth. Every Sunday morning, he's got that sucker in his mouth. And if you just reach down and get it, he'll let you have it. But he's not going to leave until you give it back. we got a lot of adults in the church world who still got a sucker in their mouth. When they should be teaching and giving out the meat of the Word of God, they're having to receive milk themselves. And that's all they can give out is milk because they're not complete in God. They're not mature in God. And they need to grow. I know I'm not supposed to get excited, but that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly prepared. That word furnished means prepared unto all good works, whatever it is. If it's speaking a kind word at a nursing home, if it's getting bread in a food line to somebody, if it's giving clothes to those who've had a burnout, no matter what work it might be, God wants us to be thoroughly prepared. And he gave us his scripture to help us be there. Now somebody read Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 because God didn't just partially give us answers. God didn't just give us halfway the idea of how to do things. God gave us a full program. Somebody got it. Ephesians 4, 11. Read on. 12 and 13. <laughs> I said, God wants you to grow. God wants you to mature. God wants you to be able to do all good works. He not only gave you scripture, but then he gave a fivefold office in the church. He gave a fivefold ministry in the church. We understand that the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, why? For the perfecting, again, not without flaw, but the maturing, the completeness of the saints. God wants his church and his body to be mature and grown up and able to do his work without weakness, without failure, without fault. He said for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ, that we can withstand the attacks of Satan and that we might be able to reach into this world and touch the lost and win them to Jesus Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith. I want to tell you when the church it all in general, in the whole church, when we can all come into the unity of the faith of God, you're going to see a move of God like you've never seen before. But you see, when we've got a splinter of people over here believing one thing and another bunch of people over here saying, no, it's this way, and we're arguing about the gospel and the doctrine of the Lord, the lost are going to hell, and they don't believe anything the church is doing because we can't agree. But God wants His Word and His ministry to edify the saints until we all 
come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, coming to a perfect man unto the measure of the stature. Now, if Jesus was here, we could measure his height. We would probably find hell. he's like most Jews. He's about 5'7", 5'8". They didn't grow too tall in I don't know why, but Jews are just smaller people. But God wants us to grow and come into the full stature of Jesus Christ. Not physically. Not, not physically, because I know I'm bigger and fatter and taller than Jesus. Or I used to be tall. I'm not tall as I used to be. But God wants me to come into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ spiritually. Jesus never saw anybody he didn't love. Jesus never saw anybody he wouldn't minister to. He loved everybody. He was willing to be obedient to the will of the Father. And that's what he's talking to us here. He wants us to come unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Goodness, if we ever come into the fullness of Christ, the sinners will flee because they don't want to be touched by the Spirit and the power of the Almighty God. God, and I want you to know we need to reach that place in our life. How far were we from that fullness of the stature of Jesus six months ago? And where are we now? God wants you to grow and become effectual in his kingdom work. Paul told Timothy to study to show that he had been approved unto God. Or by God. Study. Or sometimes we don't have quite the right perception of the word study. Here in 2 Timothy 2.15, the word study from the Greek says to make effort, to prompt, or earnest, do, give, diligence, be diligent, endeavor, to labor at study, at study, that study. We don't have much time for God. We try to fit him in between this and that, between the first and the last. You know, we'll try to fit God in. But here's the thing. Timothy was the son in Christ of the Apostle Paul. And he wants, Paul wants Timothy approved. But he can't be approved of God until he studies. Until he makes the effort. Until he is prompt and earnest and diligent to make an effort to be diligent to discharge the duty of the ministerial office. Now whether you accept this or not, it's completely up to you, but every last one of us, God has given us a position and a place of ministerial office. And God wants you to study so he can make an approval on you. He wants you to make the effort to be prompt, to be earnest, to be diligent, that you fulfill Feel the call or discharge the duties of your office. 
I told somebody I'm more or less a scotch nowadays. I'm trying to back up Drew. I try to help Wyatt in Ohio. I try to preach for anybody or teach wherever they'll let me. I'm not able to be a, be a pastor anymore or to be an evangelist. But I can scotch. And I can scotch by praying. Amen. Whatever it is. Now the word approved means properly accepted. Properly accepted. When the bank approved you, they properly accepted you. They saw that you had the proper credit score. They saw that you paid your bills on time. When God approves of you, He sees that you have studied. That you are diligent about your work and the call that He has placed in you. And you're discharging that call. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm not talking about people outside the four walls. I'm talking about God's people. Approved means properly accepted, accepted, equivalent to acceptable and pleasing. One commentary said of the word approved, tested by trial. I don't know why God let me find that. I would rather skip over that, you know. I keep reading the place in the Bible where Paul was willing to suffer affliction that he might see a manifestation of God, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't recall it just exactly. But, but he, wanted the, he wanted the glory and the power of God manifest. He wanted end results. He wanted fruits. He wanted healings and miracles and signs and wonders. And he wasn't unwilling to suffer afflictions. Huh? Afflictions. Or tried or tested by trial. Now, when you ask us, we say, I want to see the glory of God. I want to see a manifested healing. I, I really want to see God before I pass away. I want to see Pharaoh, Peyton, Ferris, Janice, all of my family. I can name almost every one of them who's got something wrong with them. Even Shelly, she never lets on. But even Shelly's got a problem, you know. Everybody. And I said, God, if you just manifest yourself, let me see what, what you're doing. Let me see these signs, wonders, and miracles. Then I'll be willing. I'm willing. I'm willing to suffer these afflictions. You know. Well, let me tell you, in the last three years, I've had prostate cancer. I've had to get hearing aids. My vision has just... Almost, well, it's bad. Then I had this little problem in my stomach from the colonoscopy. And then they just found out that uh, I've got a problem with my heart. Got an aneurysm about the width of my hand long uh, on the top of that aorta. And then the last time I went to Little Rock, they came back and said, you've not only got the aneurysm at the top, you've got an aneurysm at the bottom. And you know what? I heard a voice said, are you still willing? Are you still willing? I said, God, I'm willing. I'm willing. If it takes my life for souls to be saved, if it takes me being physically ill, for people to be healed and to be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm willing. 
I'm willing. I'm just saying, and this could be just all me, but I believe that God has a will and a way. And that whatever his will is to get people saved, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. I want people to be healed and saved. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Endeavor so to cultivate and improve your heart and mind that you may not be a reproach to him from whom you profess to receive your commission. Your commission is to go into all the world to preach the gospel, to reach the lost. But cultivate your heart and your mind so that you may not be a reproach to Jesus who has called you and from him you received your profession. Cultivate it. Grow. Mature. Quit being offended about small things, insignificant things. Worry about the hearts and lives of men and women. Be concerned. Performing God's will should be your choice. You ought to accept gladly. Hmm. To be properly accepted as a faithful minister. That's what Paul wanted for Timothy. To perform his duties unto God. And as Paul and Timothy were as workmen for the Lord's kingdom, so is our work. My work, your work. Every one of us. Our work is the same as the Apostle Paul. And we all are going to be accountable to God. Then Paul said something about being ashamed. Study to shew thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. I don't want to be ashamed when the Lord appears. And to keep me from being ashamed, I must be approved. Right? I must be. You too. It's the most important work that I'll ever do is the work of God. That's why what we do, we must do well, not haphazardly. You, you know, my brother-in-law pastored the church, and I'll tell this quick as I can. This lady would come to church, and they'd ask her to sing, and she never was prepared. Never was. And she'd go to the piano, and she'd start a song. She'd sing a little bit of that song, and she'd quit. And, and she said, well, I didn't feel led of that to sing that song anyway. And so she'd sing another song. She was ill-prepared. You know, there are a lot of Christians that are ill-prepared. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. If Shelly came and sang a song, she was ill-prepared, or the praise team, everybody would notice it. When the preacher preaches, he hadn't prayed, he hadn't studied, he hadn't sought God. Everybody knows it. Ill-prepared. That's embarrassing. But this is the most important work you can do in life. And so what we do, we must do well so as not to be embarrassed or ashamed when we stand before God. Webster said, shame is a painful emotion caused by consciousness of guilt, shortcoming, or impropriety, a condition of humiliating disgrace or disrepute. Now that's, I don't want to be ashamed. That's too much. I want to become the workman. Of good conscience. I'm not doing it for my good and my glory. For my sake. 
I want to be doing it for the right reason. I want the right conscience. And then I want to be faithful and pleasing in God's sight. I'm not seeking your approval. I, I, can't, I can never be approved of my wife for my grammar. Because I keep using those double negatives. They ain't nothing. You know, she's on to me all the time. I can't get her approval with my spelling. But she does say I'm a good preacher, so I have to settle for that. I just can't get her approval on my grammar and stuff like that. But I want to be approved of God and be faithful and pleasing to God. I want to strengthen my relationship with God and with those whom I serve. And I want to be concerned about the lost. How can we improve our relationship with God and with other, other Christians? First of all, let me tell you that pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. Somebody shout amen. I'm waiting. I used to tell them out at Flat Rock, I'm waiting. And if they didn't say amen, I'd just say, I'm waiting. And then somebody say amen. But I'm telling you, the way that we can improve our relationship with God is to stay unspotted. How many remember that the Bible said, Paul said that Jesus is coming for a glorious church. And that church is without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, or any such thing. It's a glorious church. It's a renowned institution. And God said for us to keep himself unspotted from the world. It's the devil's work to keep afflicting you with sin. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. Somebody quickly turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. I believe it is. I don't have it in my notes. Sister Margot, you got it? 6 and 17, real loud so everybody can hear you. And what else did he say right there? (laughs) I want to tell you, if you come out from among them, be you separate, touch not the unclean thing, he'll be your father. You can be his sons and your daughters. Serving the Lord is up to us. I'm not trying to compete with Drew or with... uh, Brother Winchester, I'm not trying to compete with anybody. I'm trying to serve God to the best of my ability to have his approval. So I'm going to keep myself unspotted. I'm going to separate myself from the world. I'm going to keep witnessing to the lost and evangelize the world that I live in. And I'm going to improve my relationship with God and the work that I'm doing by receiving the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to just shout just for that one verse of Scripture. But after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. You want to improve your relationship. Relationship, your work relationship with God and with man and with the church. Receive the power of the Holy Ghost that you might become the witness that He needs you to be in this year. God bless you. I hope that you've been blessed tonight.